Core Media. Your sexy smooth media channel for up-to-date crypto news. The real deal with sex appeal. Hello, hello. This is Lutz coming to you live from New York City. The home of the biggest apples and the sour apples. Uh, today, uh, we have a special show for you. Uh, this is a show that, that really intrigues me because uh, it's something I personally have been involved with in a very long time. And it's not in any business nature. I, I, I do it for fun. Uh, most kids do it for fun. Uh, unfortunately, there's there's some you know problems with our system where they don't like where we share things. But that that aside, uh, I think this is this is going to be a great technology, and I and I hope you guys are listening and pay attention. And if you have any questions, don't be scared to contact the host or uh, you know me, your host, or uh, Jeremy, who is uh, live with us now. Uh, we have Jeremy in the house. We have House in the house. Uh, you know, House is uh, is uh, the sole proprietor of Core Media. He is uh, he he puts out uh, magazines and all sorts of great stuff. Core Media is a fantastic house to be in. I am I am also partnered with them, and as you can see, we are called Core Radio, and uh, we're we're really pushing forward to to get your interest. And if you if you, there is something you'd like to hear from us that we're not doing. Come to the website and tell us about it. Uh, you could, there's a contact us over there. Email us. All right. And uh, so, so today, what I like to talk to you guys about is sharing. And we all know sharing is caring. And uh, I don't know if you guys ever used uh, applications to download media files, movies. I could tell you personal experience applications, cracking applications. Not that we're we're, we're encouraging that, but you know, it's possible. Uh, cracking applications, uh, m- music, uh, video games, cracking video cracking. games. Uh, that's a lot of lot of cool stuff, uh, you know. And and it's it's I think it's fair, me personally. Uh, because me personally, I believe that if I have something and I own something, I have the right to share it with friends of mine. And, of course, that's frowned upon in our world at the moment. But you know what? One day, hopefully soon, uh, we're, we're going to get away from those those restrictions. Because back in the day, we used to be able to record duplicate video cassettes. When when media was actually on a video cassette, I don't know if you guys are old enough to know about VHS, but VHS, there were actually these big cartridges. I mean, they they were almost like a half a foot wide. I mean, we put them sort of. I, I mean, you, you got to look it up, Google it. It's called VHS. I know it's it's old technology now, and we're not even going to get on top of eight tracks. But you're able to. To duplicate them in a, in a device that actually duplicated video cassettes, uh, we able to record anything we wanted on TV onto uh, an empty blank cassette. I mean, in, back in the day with radio, you guys, are, I'm sure you're not that young, but if if you are that young, you used to get 
little, you know, the little audio cassettes and used to put them in the tape player and wait for that favorite song to come on and then boom, record it. Now it's mine. I mean, we didn't have to pay an arm and a leg for these things. So that that being uh, that being said, and now you know you understand my feeling on sharing uh, media files. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to Jeremy. Jeremy is uh, one of. Are, are you a developer, Jeremy? I am a developer by education, and I've spent a lot of time developing in my past. I have done very, very little development for the library company. So, so what is your position in the library? So I am the CEO of library, which means I get to do fun stuff like this. And thank you very much for having me. Uh, it means that uh, you know, I get to be the pretty face on the hard work of our very smart engineering team. Awesome. Okay, guys. So, so that is Jeremy, CEO of the library. All right, and we're not talking about your public library down the block. If you if you're old, you know if you're old enough to know what that is, I know that's one of those things that have come and gone also. But uh, the library is a technology, okay? It's a, they're calling it the library, and and it it works off of something called the blockchain. Now I know a lot of you are not new to the blockchain, but for those of you that are new to the blockchain, the blockchain will change a lot. In the future, it will change so much that there's probably going to be new jobs out there because of it. Uh, database DBAs out there, administrators are probably not going to have a job anymore because of it. Uh, the blockchain is very secure, and that's why people use it. Now, this is a secure way of sharing files. All right, so. So the library is a technology that's going to allow you to share files with your friends and with the world and, uh, you know, possibly make a penny or two. Who knows? But from what I hear, it's, it's encrypted. It's, it's, it's uh, very secure. It's decentralized, which is very important. Uh, the problem with the system at the moment is your torrents, they're not exactly decentralized. You got to seed it up. You don't know who's grabbing those things. Uh, they know who you are once you seed it to them because you, when you seed it to them, you send it, you send the seed with a header and your MAC address and your physical address. They have all that information. They contact your ISP. Uh, they serve them with uh, you know one of those uh, subpoenas, and boom, they get all your information. Next day, you got a letter in the mail saying you're infringing on uh, you know Joe Schmo's rights. And, uh, you know, he deserves to get paid because, you know, he doesn't have millions already. So, once again, I know I expressed my opinion again. <laughs> but, uh, Jerry, <laughs> uh, so, Jeremy, so, Jeremy, uh, Jer Jeremy, tell me about, tell me about library and how it, how it came to be. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, I'll respond to a couple of things you said there. So, first... Since we are on the radio, I've got to do my job here and mention that while it's pronounced library, it's spelled L-B-R-Y. We've disemvoweled the word library. So it's library, L-B-R-Y. The mm -hmm. website is lbry.io cool. if you're interested in checking out what we've built. And a lot of the things that you're talking about, I'm very familiar with. I've been into um, you know, ways of sharing files online for about 15 years. I used to use... I, you know, I, I think throughout my college education, I would go on to eMule and eDonkey, and I would 
look for my the answers to my physics textbook and and find them on there. Um, and I definitely believe that there are a lot of messed up ways that we handle digital content in today's world. Uh, and library is very much a response to some of the failures of those technologies. Um, so if we look at a, a technology like BitTorrent, there's some really cool things about it. It's decentralized and it's a way for people to share information with one another. But there are also some problems with it. Um, the, the three biggest ones being um, the long tail, uh, content that you know has been on there for a while, maybe it's not super popular, right. it tends to disappear. Uh, and, and we believe we've solved that by creating financial incentives to keep it around. Um, there's a problem of discovery, right? So even though it's decentralized, um, it's not easy to find things on there. You have to go into some shady websites and things like that. Uh, but there's a third problem with BitTorrent, and you know this might be a slight level of, of disagreement between us, uh, but the infringement on BitTorrent to me is a problem. Um, we want to make sure that creators at least can get paid, uh, and we want to make sure that people can make money um, by publishing uh, on top of a decentralized platform. So library, you know, you asked me what was the genesis, what was the lightning bolt behind library. It very much was coming from looking at BitTorrent and saying, well, how can we build a better BitTorrent? Uh, and that was uh, a lot of the incentive behind library. That sounds good. Uh, you, you said that, uh, that, that, that little disagreeable part right there. Uh, you, if somebody wants to to promote their, right, say say you're Bob Dylan or something, right? Or you know, and and you have uh, you know a record out, and you know other people are sharing your record. Do the other people get credit for sharing your your stuff too, or is there a way of locking it down where only you could share certain material? Well, you know, I'm sure you've been around on the internet enough, and you know enough about how digital technology works to understand that ultimately there's no way to stop people from sharing what is a string of numbers, right? Every file, every piece of digital content, when it's ultimately being consumed by that end user, it's literally a string of digits. And trying to use the systems of prohibition of uh, preventing people from sharing numbers, it's always going to be a fool's errand. At the same time, we do want there an ability, uh, to, there to be an ability for the people who make stuff to earn money off of making it. So the way that library works, um, now there's a couple of different models of the way you can publish under library. So if you want to publish completely for free and completely openly, you can do that. Uh, but I, since, I, th I think we're talking more about content that people may want to make money off of. And so the, right. the typical way to publish a piece of content like that on the library network is that file gets encrypted it gets sliced up into a bunch of chunks. So we encrypt it and then we make a, tiny pieces out of it. And those tiny pieces get stored in a decentralized network. And then uh, if you're buying from the publisher, from the person who made that stuff, uh, you issue them a payment for the ability to read that information. All right, all right. So, okay, well, I, I, see, I see where you're going with that and you know, the. That there are the politically correct answers, which I appreciate. And, you know, there are some things in this world we can't say, but this technology sounds amazing, and I'm sure people will take full advantage of it. I know, I know, I will. And uh, 
I, I just I, I want to have a question. I, th I think there isn't there a way of actually, even if you do own something, other people start sharing it. Isn't there like a, a, a DNS method of, of you know like grabbing a name like BobDylan.com, right, and and ha and keeping it as yours, and then and then you know people looking for Bob Dylan using your DNS method. T tell me about that whole DNS thing. <laughs> Yeah, so that's exactly right. And that, that comes back to one of the three problems with BitTorrent that we think that we're fixing, which is the lack of discovery is one of those three problems. And what library does is it provides a namespace, a DNS system. In library, you write URLs, much like we write website URLs. And so a sample, let's, let's say Core Radio wanted to be on library. Oh, yeah. Core Radio could reserve the URL lbry colon slash slash core radio and have that return um, a, a, a listing of your content. So we, we, we take, uh, we use a blockchain and we create, we use that blockchain to power a namespace um, and that namespace then also becomes searchable. So we're using blockchain technology to solve the um, discovery, what I what I call the discovery problems of BitTorrent. It's kind of does it work kind of like Namecoin a little bit? Uh, no, so that that is a difference. So in, in our opinion, and I think in most people's opinion at this point, uh, Namecoin was basically a failure. Um, I think something like three, four hundred thousand, in the hundreds of thousands of, of Namecoin names were reserved, and something like twenty of them actually had something for for people to look at. Um, right. And so what, what we did was we said that people should have the ability to reserve a name, but they shouldn't have the ability to simply uh, buy a name up just to hold it and extort money from people for it later. Uh, and, right. and this is a problem we see in the traditional DNS system as well. There's all of these domain squatters who go out and they buy lots and lots of domains because it's really cheap to buy a domain. So yep. in the library system, we basically said that uh, over certain periods of time, those names are going to go up for, um, uh, the, the terminology here can get tough. It's, it's like a bidding system, except you never lose your money. Um, you can always revoke a bid. So if someone, uh, when, when those names go back up for bid, if someone is willing to bid more, you could potentially lose control of that name, uh, but you'll have plenty of advance warning and the entire community gets to participate in that process. Uh, so uh, another way that you can think about it is that each credit in the library system is sort of like a vote. Uh, so one credit lets you, you can, when you own a credit, and it doesn't destroy the credit, it doesn't diminish the credit, but if you, if you control a library credit, you can use that to vote that this name should return this thing. Um, and this is grounded in some very sound economics. Uh, what our inspiration for this was actually a, a theorem called the Coase theorem, uh, which won the Nobel Prize in economics. And I could talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, I'm very interested. The Coase theory of economics. It, it's the it's so that's Coase C O A S E, and it's funny how people can win a Nobel Prize for something that when you describe it. Pretty much everyone I describe it to nods their head and goes, yeah, well, that makes sense. And, and so here's what it says. It says that if the rules regarding property are clearly defined, 
doesn't necessarily matter what they are, but just that they're very clear. So there's a very clear way of saying this property is controlled by this person. If right. that is true and transaction costs are low, that is, it's easy for uh, trade to happen, for transactions to happen, then there's a very common sense outcome, which is that a property will come to be owned by the party that can make the greatest use of it, right? The party that can get the greatest economic return is the most likely uh, person to control that property. So what we tried to do is we tried to apply that theory to the space of uh, domain names, and specifically domain names that map to uh, pieces of content or groupings of content. Uh, and right. so what we're predicting here is that over time, you know, if someone, imagine you're opening up your library client and you're trying to find uh, a piece of software or a movie. Let's say you're looking for the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. You know, okay. a very, very logical name for that would be at LBRY colon slash slash Wonderful Life. Right. Uh, and so you'll be able to deduce or search and find it. Uh, and we think that over time, what will happen is that those names uh, will will return what people are looking for, because that's how you get value, and that people would, generally speaking, most people would prefer to consume content from the, the publisher or the rights holder. That is, if people are you know choosing between two different places to consume a piece of content, right. we think that most people would prefer uh, to consume it from the rights holder. Wow, it's really it sounds really great. Wow. Yeah, I, yeah, I really sorry. like that. No, it's all right. House, you jump in whatever you want. We, we, we all know House. Uh, house, we, we, we love hey, House. Hey. And, uh, hey, I mean, I think House could explain that. We, you know, we, we, are, we are big sovereignty fans over here. And uh, this, this falls in line with it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, welcome, Jeremy. Uh, thanks for coming along. Um, your platform is just incredible, really, really sounds amazing. Um, just one thing that I wanted to clear up was that, um, by all accounts, it sounds like, so you actually, uh, as a provider, you have like an account, um, very much like uh, a, face, uh, a YouTube channel, and then you can provide uh, content based on whatever you want um, through your channel. And then the users, from the user's perspective, they would um, subscribe to your channel um, or, or they would just uh, log into your channel and find the uh, applicable content that they were after and pay per item or they would uh, pay a subscription to your channel. How does that work? Well, we're planning to support a variety of models. Our initial model is very much uh, uh, a la carte basis, so you you pay on a on a per item basis. Now, that sound that might sound expensive, but that could mean as little as a penny or two. You know, if you guys chose to publish your radio shows on there, you, you'd probably ask for very very little. Maybe you'd ask for nothing, just because you want people to to as many people to listen as possible, and that's totally supported. But we also want to support larger publishers we want to support you know the big hollywood blockbusters and stuff like that and those people may charge the equivalent of five ten dollars for 
uh, a film. Um, we also are looking at ways that we can support subscription models or sort of pay once and, and have a, a variety uh, of access. Um, but we've actually gotten some significant interest from from Hollywood companies, from companies that publish some big pieces of content in, in the library model, because there's a lot of benefits to the library model for these companies. And in fact, uh, one of our launch pieces of content for the library network uh, is from a major Hollywood picture studio. Uh, right now, we've got a movie up on library with David Cross from Arrested Development and Julia Stiles. Uh, it's a really funny comedy called It's a Disaster. And so, you know, Hollywood companies are not in love with the Netflix model. They they've kind of feel like they're getting screwed by it. Um, so we've gotten good interest from these companies uh, in pursuing the library network. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's exactly what I was envisioning. Um, this can really go uh, large scale. Uh, I can see a lot of uh, development houses using technology like this to uh, really get themselves out there, their artists. Um, their shows. Um, this can scale really, really nicely. I see this happening uh, extensively. Yeah, we like to say that the only losers in this paradigm are the middlemen. You know, the Comcasts, the Netflix, the people whose business model is to go out acquiring a bunch of stuff and then locking it away. Uh, you know, and they don't really, what are they actually doing? How much value do they provide? Uh, in our opinion, it's very, very little, and they extract a disproportionate amount of profit for what they really bring to the table. And we're fixing that. That sounds great. Uh, now, I just want to get back to a little more technical stuff. Uh, but we can talk about the dashboard also. But uh, this whole, the whole point of this is the blockchain, right? That it works off the blockchain? Now... Now, how does it work with the blockchain? Like, uh, you know, what time? What type of information would be stored on a block? So that's a great question, and, and the way that library utilizes the blockchain is it uses the blockchain to maintain the catalog, the listing, the index. You know, what is available on this network? All of that is stored in the blockchain. Now, the blockchain is not the entirety of what library does. You've got a sort of data layer on top of that that uses some technology right. that's kind of like BitTorrent, but with some additional privacy protections and some financial incentives. And then you've got applications that are things like, you know, you can use library actually right in your web browser. Once you've installed our software that runs in the background, you use library just the way you would use another website. Um, but the real, the real way that we make use of the blockchain is to provide that listing of content. You know, people talk about blockchains a lot of different ways. As someone who is very into programming computers, I got a degree in computer science and I've been writing software for years. Right. Um, the way that I think about a blockchain is that it's really, a, it's a database. A blockchain can be used to store all kinds of data. And we, in particular, are leveraging it to provide this content catalog. So would you say that the blockchain will, will help in security as far as if somebody shares something, it'll be a little difficult to find out who they are? Or is there some type of plan to implement like Tor or Onion or Garlic or maybe some type of built-in VPN service? So those kinds of services are built in. 
we are not promising that you can use library completely anonymously. Um, but there are some things that we do to improve your privacy. And by the way, again, I really have to emphasize that you know library is not designed to facilitate infringement or the kinds of uses of technology that may be illegal depending on where you live, and it's not designed to support those kinds of things. Uh, at the same time, um, we have made some choices in terms of the architecture and how that data is shared with people that I think is a little better than some other alternatives out there. In particular, the way that data is stored is we take the data, we encrypt it, we chop it up into a bunch of tiny pieces. So um, if you're comparing with BitTorrent, on BitTorrent, every little chunk of a file, it's very identifiable that that is part of the larger file. So your ISP can, can look at that and say, that guy is hosting content from, for this piece. Uh, this guy, that guy is hosting a, a chunk of this right. piece of content. In the library system, it's, it's, much, it's more difficult to figure that out. Uh, so if you're hosting these, mega, these tiny chunks, you don't know what's in them. Your client is simply contributing its, and by the way, actually I should talk about this. You know, when you run library, you contribute your disk space, your bandwidth, you get to control how much, and you make money for it. So all that disk space that you're not using, all that bandwidth that you don't use when you're at work or whatever, you can make money for that via the library system. Uh, and we do it in a way that we think keeps you, keeps you safe. Oh yeah, well, getting on on that topic, how would I earn library? And it, I'm, I'm, they're called library credits, right? How would I? How oh, are, how many ways can I earn it? I know there's gonna there's a mining aspect of it. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But how, are they, what other ways can I do to earn? So there's really right now there's three ways that you can earn it, and then there's a fourth way you can acquire it. But although we encourage the earning rather than the acquiring, so you can earn it in three ways. One, you can mine it like a traditional cryptocurrency. And by doing that, you help secure that content catalog and that index of content for other people. The second way you can earn it, now that's kind of tough. I mean, if you're into cryptocurrencies and you're really into mining, you know, go for it and we support that. If you're a typical user, mining is probably not going to be that rewarding. But there will be a way that we think will be a lot more rewarding, which is to run our program and contribute some of your disk space some of your bandwidth that you're not going to be using, and you'll earn a, a substantial amount of credits for doing that. Uh, the third way that you can earn is to simply join. <laughs> so uh, we have reserved a uh, about 20% of the amount of coins that will ever exist. We have allocated those specifically to give out to users, and we're going to give out more to people the earlier they get involved. So one of the things I can't recommend enough is to go over to our website at lbry.io um, and, and get access now. The sooner you get in, the more credits you'll be getting. Uh, so that's another really easy way to earn them is simply to join in these early days. And right now we have about 80,000, I think it's at 85,000 I was looking today, uh, people interested in using library. I, I saw that actually. I, I saw some type of referral program that you're doing that that's absolutely right you know people like you guys and your listeners you guys have they're the kinds of people who get into a technology early 
they recognize when someone is building something that's you know that's really cool and they see it for the future and we think those people absolutely deserve to be rewarded and especially if they can bring in their friends and they can share it with their friends then they deserve to be rewarded that much more so we've got a referral program so not only can you get early access the earlier you sign up you can also earn credits uh, for sharing the library system with your friends that sounds fantastic. I mean, all these people out there with all this extra hard drive space that they never use, now you can use it. You can use it, make some credits, and then use your credits to uh, to to download my show, or uh, get get your graphics cards to work. You know, to, and, and make some credits that way, right? Or or what's the other way? Or you could put out content, make some original content. Make an make a show, uh, make a magazine, make uh, make anything, and put it out there and, and see what it's worth to people, and let the market uh, dictate what it's worth. Right? You'll see by the number of downloads. Is there a way of knowing how many people download your stuff? Is there like statistics? Yeah. yeah, you'll you'll be able to get that kind of information. And yes, I can't believe that I didn't mention that one. Uh, absolutely, one of the great ways to make library credits is to contribute stuff that you've made to the network. You, you, you know what I loved the most, and it, what really turned me on about downloading stuff. When it, even even now, sometimes it turns me on. But as a kid, you know, like you know, when, when you got that fast internet connection, and you're like, oh man, look how fast this movie's coming in. I'm gonna get it in like three minutes. How f how fast is is the network? Is the library network? Like if if it's I want it's really fast. It's really fast, and that's one of the things that we have looked to fix compared to BitTorrent as well. You know, BitTorrent is not designed for streaming. You know, there are some applications out there that you know that do kind of let you do it, but honestly, it's it's hurtful for the network because of the way that BitTorrent is architectured library has been built from the ground up to facilitate streaming and you when, when you get access to the library and you try it out you will be blown away it is super quick you know you search you click play it's almost like you're on youtube how fast it's working which if you consider that it's powered by this decentralized network is really cool and, and that's where a, you know we've put over 10,000 hours of engineering effort into building library and that's where a ton of it has gone Wow. Um, so would it be safe to say that it's faster than the BitTorrent network? We, we, th oh, we think library is definitely faster than the BitTorrent network. Absolutely. So instead of downloading, you're saying I could stream, stream a movie and not even bother downloading it, just stream it and watch it? You can just stream it and watch it. Not only that, we have also built library to support streaming content that's not complete. So if you wanted to live stream something, that's possible via library as well. Uh, dude, I, I and it, you could you could feel how much I love downloading stuff. I mean, I got I got I got hard drives all over the place full of movies. I mean, you know, legal movies, you know, ones I've paid for. <clears throat> yeah. Of course. And uh <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I I did know I did I was I was going through it today and I was looking at you know your website. There's a there's a tab 
when when you download a, a something from the BitTorrent network, there's something that comes along with it, some type of tracker system, right? Where where you kind of get referred to the person who downloads your website. Uh, how does that work with you? I mean, I, I know there's a product. Uh, is is there like a product tagging naming system? Yeah, so again, you know, we're not purporting that library is the system that you should use when you want to anonymously share infringing content. That's not what library is about. But the typical way that you would use library, and so library is also a very flexible protocol. So we're talking about some typical use cases. There are some other ones that, that, that won't fit this model exactly, but it, it would be um, you search the network, you find something that you like, that metadata and that listing is getting returned from the blockchain. When you decide that you want to access it, it is then uh, using what's called a distributed hash table or a DHT, same, very similar technology that, that BitTorrent uses. And then it's going out and fetching all of the little individual chunks that it needs. And unlike BitTorrent, it's designed to fetch them in order so that you can stream it if you want to. Uh, and it's going out and getting those, and, and those could come from any number of computers. Um, it's the, it doesn't really care where it gets them, it just wants to get them as cheaply as possible, ideally for free. Um, and then it's going to start putting them in order, and it's going to start letting that, that content stream for you. Did I answer the question? Actually, I feel like I might have just started talking without answering it. I think so. I, I think also what I was looking for is what's the difference between the tagging system in the actual or the original torrent network, BitTorrent? And you know how how does it change inside uh, library? Well, so the nice thing about library is that if you're contributing your your disk space and your bandwidth, what that application is doing is it's just kind of observing the network traffic, and it's just kind of saying, oh well, you know this chunk seems popular. Um, I think that my client could make the most money by hosting that. And sometimes that will mean finding content that's really popular, but cheap. Sometimes it will mean hosting content that's very unpopular, but more money. Um, but legally gotcha. speaking, gotcha. your client doesn't know, right? It's just, it, it can't even read these chunks if it wanted to because they're encrypted. So you're, you're pretty protected legally speaking. Um, now, you could, as an individual user, technically speaking, still be subject to the DMCA. So if there is some person out there who identifies that that chunk contains something that is not legal, um, now that doesn't mean, when I say you're subject to the DMCA, it doesn't mean you're going to get fined or you're going to get in trouble from your ISP or anything, um, but potentially uh, you may be obligated to remove certain chunks. Right. Yeah, I, I, and that, that's, that's totally legit. I mean, because... If you don't, you know, if you don't know by now that you should be using a VPN and, uh, you know what, we'll, we'll save that for another show. Anyway, uh, I, I, this isn't the first time I've heard about this. Um, I believe OpalCoin was working on uh, this type of technology with storage and they, they have long since, they're, they're gone, but uh, it, is, is, does it still does it use the technology of IPFS interplanetary filing system? And if it does, what's the benefits of using it? So, library as it's released right now does not use IPFS. However, 
in terms of the specification for the protocol, and remember, library is a protocol. Library is built just like BitTorrent or HTTP. In fact, we, we view HTTP as our, one of our big competitors. Um, we think library is a better protocol and a better method of distributing approximately uh, 50 to 60% of the internet traffic that flows right now. Um, and the way the protocol is specified is that in that metadata, in that DNS system, a name can resolve to any number of things. In the beta release, it only resolves to our own system, but a library name could resolve to a BitTorrent magnet link. It could resolve to a website URL. It could resolve to an IPFS URL. And as a technology company, you know we're interested in encouraging and supporting what our users want to use. So while it doesn't do it now because it's an early stage beta, it absolutely could. Oh, even you probably could even do email then. Yep, I I don't know how much, how useful that would be to to users, but absolutely you could have a library URL resolved to an email address. Anonymous email would be very useful. Just saying. But uh, you you've been uh, how long have you been working on this project? Uh, I think the, the very first lines of code were written a little over 18 months ago. I'd say the project really started taking off in level of effort around eight months ago or nine months ago. We released an alpha it at the beginning of this year or the end of last year. And we released our beta and live blockchain just two weeks ago. And in those two weeks, we've had 85,000 people uh, sign up to, uh, to be interested in the library. Wow, that's a lot of people, man. Uh, that's, that's, that's really... a lot of people. That's great. Yeah, it's impressive. Uh, I, really, I really like that referral system you set up also. You might, you're going to have to teach me how to do that. Well, thank you. We're actually using a product there called Prefinery. Uh, which I'm happy to give a plug to because they have been an incredible team um, and very supportive of us, um, really amazing support. Uh, so that's what we use to do our beta rollout. And uh, yeah, the referral program has, has been going very well. I think it's what's driven a lot of our interest. Uh, I've heard of a, an option called Pin to Play. You ever heard of it? Pin? No, I haven't. Where, where users can take, uh, you know, stuff from you as long as they reseed it it's kind of like a torrent type of thing so i haven't heard of that before it makes sense to me you know that's that's what library i mean library is basically a better version of that right what's better than market incentives well hey if it's better that that sounds good to me i just i just i just heard about it today and i i thought i asked you about it um how many people are on your team? I, 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 you know, I asked you about how long uh, you've guys been at it. Uh, how many? Do you have a, a lot of developers on your team? Uh, t tell me about your your structure. Uh, I would love to talk about our team because really they're the guys that make all this happen. They're the reason I get to talk to you guys today. So our team, we have six people on the technical side. Um, we have. Uh, an MIT graduate, several RPI graduates, which is where I went to school. We've got 
a uh, we've got a, a really genius hacker. Uh, interesting story there where um, he he actually uh, almost almost he faced something like 50 years of, of jail time when he was a high school student uh, because he was a very clever high schooler who liked to make bombs in his backyard and the FBI didn't like that. Uh, on the on the business side, we've got. Um, We've got uh, an MBA who went to UPenn. We've got uh, one of our technical guys got a PhD from the University of Pennsylvania in distributed systems. Uh, we have a guy who does PR for us, who also does PR for some um, some pretty substantial financial institutions, and he's been a great guy for us. And then we have a guy out in Hollywood who is has a movie production background, and he's been able to bring in his relationships, and he's the reason that we've got this deal done. Um, with oscilloscope laboratories. That's awesome, man. You know, you know, one day, you know, if you go to Hollywood, I, I don't mind coming along. He's out there now. He lives out there. You know, I live in in uh, relatively boring Manchester, New Hampshire, which is outside of Boston. Um, but uh, yeah, he lives in glorious Hollywood. I've been out there. He he lives right around the corner from all the big stuff in Hollywood. It's a it's a pretty cool place. Awesome, man. I mean, I'm really excited about you, you guys. I'm excited about your technology. Uh, I know you hear my Brooklyn accent. I'm sorry. It's, it comes out sometimes. Uh, but uh, I say I wanted to test this out tonight, right? Because that's how excited I am right now. If I wanted to test it out, what, how, how do I do that? Or is that, is that not even possible at the moment? So right now, if you want to test it out, you can go to lbry.io slash get. We are running a wait list, so we're not letting everyone in right now. That's only because, look, this is an early beta, and we keep statistics about how many people it works for. And quite frankly, a decent number of people it's still not working for. There are network bugs. There are installation bugs. There are configuration bugs. So our right. team is, right. you know, we got to respond to these issues. We got to get them fixed. We don't want to have 100,000 people come in and be disappointed by their initial experience. So it's an early beta. The earlier you sign up as being interested, the earlier you will get in. If you are a clever hacker type, I bet you're smart enough to figure out how to, how to get access anyway. Um, you can compile it from our GitHub um, or you may be able to find other ways to get it via our GitHub. So if you're smart enough to do that, you probably could get in today. If you just want the more traditional user experience of like double click and go, um, you'll have to get on our wait list and it might be a couple of weeks before we give you access. Um, so those are, those are really your options right now. But I would encourage everyone, the sooner you get involved, the better it's gonna be for you. So lbry.io slash get is the place to do that. Uh, so, or I see github.com forward slash L-B-R-Y-I-O. Yeah, all of the code for this project is 100% open source. Uh, so you can see all of our source code. If you're capable of compiling source, um, you can compile from source. And if uh, I think there's, there's probably a way you could find a, find a way to get to the release from that page if you know how to use GitHub. But also, you you know, you wouldn't have any credits, so you also wouldn't be able to do very much. Very nice. I like open source. That is a, you know what? That's a point we should make here. Uh, everyone, open source. That 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 just totally makes it that much more better because that's the difference between two or three developers or a team of developers or the whole world working on a technology. 
uh, you know, how many distributions of Linux do we have now? You know, it's because the whole world works on this technology. And it's, if it's open source, that means this is just going to get better. Is there, is there a Slack? Do you guys have a Slack people could come in and, and hang out? Yeah, absolutely. I'll just go ahead and plug all of our all of our channels real quick. You want to come chat with us? You can do that at slack.lbry.io. That'll give you an automatic invite to our Slack. I think there's 900 people in our Slack right now, so tons of people in there. Um, we, we're on Twitter at lbryio. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash lbryio. And we're also on Reddit at our library. Is there, is there any... Uh, is, is there any type of incentive for people to find bugs like if they find bugs do, do they get some type of uh, library credit like incentive uh, so we're actually still formalizing our bug bounty program we do expect to have that out right now we are giving rewards just kind of informal so if, if you come up with a good bug and you post it to our slack or you post an issue on a github page we will send you a nice tip but we don't have a formalized program at the moment. Awesome. I just wanted, I wanted you know, hackers out there to understand and know. And we, we know some of you out there are probably seven years old. You know, you're probably going to be like the millionaires one day. Yeah, well, I mean, so we're giving rewards for bugs. If you're a developer, if you can make contributions, and, and we will absolutely uh, give you tips or give you a job for that stuff. So uh, we have code in... Uh, C++, uh, Python, uh, JavaScript, React. Uh, you know, if you're a designer, there's work you can do in CSS or graphic design. We have code. The website is in PHP, so there's work that can be done on the website. You know, so there's really, if you have, if you've got skills, uh, we'd love to work with you. Very, very nice. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, that's very good. Get, get, get plenty of people in there. So you've got quite an extensive team, obviously. What, what kind of um, uh, rollout time are we looking at, Jeremy? Well, you know, the, the beta release is an early release. It is really the, the bare bones. It's in startup terminology, it would be called the MVP or the minimum viable product. It has a couple of pieces of content on there. Some people have started to publish their own, which is impressive because the, the current beta release doesn't even have a user interface for publishing. Um, so that's going to come out next week. A Windows release is right around the corner. Um, nah. beyond, you know, so uh, we're looking at developing iOS apps, Android apps. In terms of a specific date at which we'll, we'll stop the closed beta, it's, uh, I've learned it's a fool's errand to predict this stuff when it comes to technology. You know, how long will it take to get through these bugs? How long will it take to round out the the, 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 the application and the software? I uh, I don't want to say a date because it's it's how you end up looking like an idiot. We're trying to do it as fast as possible, but we're not ready to predict yet. Sure, yeah, it's a good call too. As I understand it, you, you guys have been working on this for quite a while. We have been working on it like, for, uh, I'm sorry, I missed the button to talk talking to no one uh, we have been working on it for a while and we've really turned the corner though you know for for six months there is kind of like well you know is this possible is it going to work 
we could not be more convinced of the fact that this is possible and that this is going to work. It's a matter of continuing to quash the bugs, continuing to expand the user interface so that you know it's not all command line stuff. So it, it, it is on the, the track and we are 100% going to get there. We've actually been getting significantly more investment interest, so we have more funds. We're going to keep expanding our team. Um, so the, the biggest corner is, is turned. Uh, there's a, I don't know how many of, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this or maybe your, your listeners, there's a thing in, in called the, the black triangle moment is what I like to call it as. Uh, and I can tell that story if you want to hear it. Yeah, sure, go ahead. It's like a, it's kind of a reference from engineering, and there's a, there's a story about how I think it was the I don't know maybe it was the PlayStation or some early game machine, and the engineers have been working on the on the product for you know a year or eighteen months. They've been you know working probably hundred thousand man hours go into it, and then uh, you know the the executives get invited in, and the engineers are really really excited about what they've built, um, and the executives come in and all the engineers have on the screen is a black triangle. Uh, and they're like, that's, that's it? Uh, but you know, the, the nature of these engineering products can be, is it ever gonna work? Is this even possible? And, and we've reached the moment where we've really turned that corner. We've reached our, our black triangle moment. So you know, if you download library, it installs nice, it installs real cleanly. You can search things, you can see results, you can see listings, you can click watch or download and it will start playing instantly. You know, so it's not fully polished. All of the tools we want aren't there yet, but we've reached that moment where we know this thing is going to work. Ah, fantastic! So, so it's just a matter, really, of um, fixing some of the, uh, tweaking some of the, um, uh, some of the gear behind the scenes, and then providing a, a real comprehensive uh, GUI, so that people can really um, um, have something to. Uh, simply navigate the, the technology. Yep, uh, the work is primarily, it's, it's bugs in the daemon layer and, and building out the GUI. Beautiful. I'm really looking forward to this. I, like Luke said, you know, I've got, a, I've got a stack of information I can throw up there as well, but um, in, in terms of mainstream adoption, I think you've really got, uh, got a winner here. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I've been obsessing about this idea for a while, and certainly the community response has been very inspirational for us. Uh, you know, the community just seems really excited about this project. Greg, Gregory, I mean, you are, you are amazing. And I, I really, Jeremy. Jeremy. That's, I'm sorry about that. I'm really, I'm really excited, and I'm really happy you're doing this because somebody needed to do this. Uh, have you ever seen Morpheus? The not the the one from the movie. I'm talking about Morpheus. The, the it's kind of like ShareBear. It's like one of those trading uh, the sharing platforms. Yeah, the isn't is more like the P2P application. Is that really still yes. around? That was like ten years old, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just mentioning it because that was my favorite one. Uh, you know, I, there was there was a lot of them, but that was like the easiest to use. Just if, if you're building a GUI. I mean, like, look at that one and, and, and try to mimic that one because that was fun and easy to use. Yeah, a lot of our inspiration is things like Netflix and YouTube and, you know, providing a, a, a version of those services that is better for both of the parties. Gotcha. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think I, I think I, I I've asked you everything I wanted to ask you. I mean, it, you know, if there were if there were guests on right now, I'd make them ask questions. But until Core Radio gets the, its new platform uh, going, which we haven't yet, but we will, uh, that will be that will be available. That will be available. We could have a hundred people. We could have a hundred people right here. Right talking. here, talking. Well, you know, that would be sweet. Um, and we'll come back when you've got that going. Yeah, so I was just going to say, uh, you've obviously um, had to spend a bit of capital to uh, pay you guys and, and get things going. How were you able to, did you have some kind of ICO or did you, were you able to raise some capital somewhere to kick the ball off? So we've avoided an ICO because I think the history of those has not been strong and we want to be a company that really avoids spending our own credits. You know, we think that in the early days of these types of services that sets bad incentives and and bad examples. So the, the money has come from some angel investors, some people from my past business background, a little bit of my own money. Uh, so prior to starting library, about five years ago, I started a software as a service company in the sports and activity industry. And we served some and still serve uh, some pretty substantial clients, clients like USA Rugby, USA Water Polo, um, thousands of sport organizations around the world. And so I, I build up a decent network of you know business people and, and that kind of thing through my um, through that company. Oh, great! That sounds good. And, um, and so obviously you've already made contact with, um, as you've said, um, movie makers. Um, so you must have been doing a little bit of marketing out there. Um, what's the plans on the horizon to um, to get out there uh, and do a bit more uh, uh, intensive marketing? So right now, there's two channels that we're pushing to continue to build the publisher side of our platform. One is YouTubers. So there's lots of people on YouTube who are frustrated by the way that YouTube treats them. That could be anything from the way that YouTube holds money. YouTube takes 45% of that money instead of zero. Or they're simply worried about the durability of their content in the face of some of the things that happens on YouTube. So YouTube publishers are going to be coming on to library and that we'll have some announcements about that in the coming weeks. And we're also in talks with several different studios out in Hollywood. Those talks tend to be a bit more involved than talking to a YouTuber. Uh, So it's going to, I'm not sure when some of those will close, uh, but we'll hopefully have some more announcements there as well. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. So um, obviously the scope is just wide open with uh, smart TVs and um, internet straight to people's living rooms. Um, You guys would be pretty excited for what's coming up. I could not be more excited, man. I think about this stuff all the time. It's my total obsession. A decentralized YouTube? That sounds awesome. That sounds completely insane, man. I, I, I'm really amazed at what you're doing. I, I, you, know, you know, we didn't get into the mining aspect. Uh, I just want to touch on that really quickly. Uh, you can mine this with your CPU, and your. can you mine this with the GPUs? 
Yeah, that's right. You can mine it with either. Um, you can find out more information about mining on our website. And, you know, the, the hashing power has, has already ramped up significantly. We're at over a terahash right now. So a soul miner, hey, we encourage you. Every little bit helps, and you never know when you might strike that gold. I think right now you're looking at running the mining application for anywhere from several days to a week or weeks before you're likely to hit one on a traditional computer. Uh, but we certainly encourage you to give it a shot. Um, I believe there are some mining pools up. I think that information is also on our website. And if, you're, if you can GPU mine, uh, you stand a little bit of a better chance, and, and that stuff is also up. And again, we open source all this stuff, so you know the code to to run this software is available on our website or on our github all right cool cool I, what was that wolf i think that engineered that gpu miner yeah wolf. wolf yeah wolf wolf or wolf zero i think is this that's his name on our slack uh dude he's amazing you did, you did a good job getting him because he is totally I, i'm telling you he's like number one and i i've known he's, him I've for known so him. long in the in the mining world that he he is like like there was a normal sg miner right but then you always had the wolf version that had the all the tweaks that, that were so so much cooler to have faster he has been great certainly one of our our best contributors and i i'll be honest i didn't know of him beforehand and I don't even know how he ended up in there. It's been that way for a number of people. And it, to me, it just really speaks to, to how much this idea and this design resonate with people. You know, we just have people. It's like, oh, look, uh, another MIT CS grad wandered into our Slack and is interested in libraries. So a lot, of the, a lot of the smartest people out there, a lot of the most cutting-edge people out there have really taken a liking to this platform. How how many uh, how many coins are there on the market? Like, uh, what's the cap on on the library credits? Well, eventually there will be over a billion. How many are being traded right now? Uh, this uh, I don't know. Honestly, uh, this answer might shock you. I don't pay attention. I haven't looked at the price in three or four days. I don't think it helps with what the job that we have in front of us. I actually discourage our entire team from paying attention. I say. Build the product, build the platform, build the software, recruit users. You know, what these people are speculating or trading the coin for. I know people are into this, and I'm a very laissez-faire guy, so spend your money how you want to spend your money. But we are not into that. It doesn't help us in terms of what we have to do. Right, and that's, that, should be the, that's, that should be the mindset of, of a developer. Uh, all, uh, what, what algo is used when mining the coin? Is it like a SHA-256? Yeah, it's it's actually a chain of um, several SHA algorithms, and I can't remember if something else is mixed in there, but it's at least a chain of several SHA algorithms. Um, it, you know, as funny as we did that, we're like, oh, well, maybe it will... Uh, <laughs> we thought it would hopefully make the GPU mining a little more difficult, and it took, you know, it was like two days, and someone had written one, so it wasn't... That aspect of the design was not quite as successful as we had hoped. Um, but it, 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 we've at least resisted the ASICs so far. Oh, very, very nice, very nice. All right, uh, you, you have any more questions for him, uh, House? No, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied at the moment for an introduction. I'd love to get Jeremy on again um, in the near future, uh, maybe in a few weeks when they've got to the, uh, an, another step forward and um, go over it a bit more. To be honest, I, I didn't 
have a lot of time uh, from last week to research extensively into it, which is what I would love to do. But um, look, I'm, I'm good for now. Thank you so much, Jeremy. You've, just, you've really opened our eyes to a, a great platform up and coming. And um, I'm really excited for you guys, uh, as well as for the entirety of crypto space in general. Uh, we need exactly uh, uh, technologies like this to, to help people understand that Bitcoin protocols, algorithms, blockchain is a lot more than just uh, trading currencies on some obscure exchange. 100%. And, and thank you guys so much for uh, taking interest in library. And it's clear that you guys really uh, get it and see the potential in it. And thank you so much for having me. You know, you guys ask great questions. You guys put on a great show. Yo, Jeremy, I, I really appreciate you coming. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm personally, I apologize for, uh, for having to make it so late, you know, because I do work. But for everybody out there, uh, this will be available on SoundCloud. Uh, Score Radio and uh, it will also be available on our website uh, you click on the radio tab uh, you might find it in other places because it's embeddable uh, if you want to talk more and get involved I suggest you go to lbry.io forward slash get and get involved and uh you could probably go into Slack and, and, and talk to Jeremy all day, right? I mean, probably not all day, but you could talk to Jeremy personally if you have ideas, right? Absolutely. I love hearing from people who are interested or engaged in libraries. So my contact information is available on our website. Also, if you want to talk to me, a great way to talk to me is to join our Slack at slack.lbry.io. Uh, you already gave out the website. I guess I'll give out the Twitter and everything one more time. So LBRYIO on Twitter, on Reddit at our library, on Facebook at facebook.com slash LBRYIO. Please come out, engage with us, talk to us, and be a part of building a much better world for sharing and publishing digital content. Ooh, and as Kevando would say, that's right. Media, blockchain news, crypto crews, and interviews, keeping you tuned into the ecosystem.